What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut. It's season three, episode 45. Man, big shout outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. It's your host, Zylo, aka DJ Juan Dollars, like I won some money. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a living legend, you know, a very incredibly dope special guest. He's known worldwide for being a musician, songwriter, talent discoverer, and he's 11 times nominated, three times Grammy Award winning super producer. You know, he sold over 300 million records worldwide. He was a part of the Timeless and one of the most successful production duos, Funk Twans, and had discovered and worked on some of the biggest artists in the music industry and helped really develop that Atlantic music scene that is widely known for today. You know, he's worked with some of the greatest acts of all time, from Michael Jackson to Destiny's Child to working with Beyonce to Nas, Monica, 112, Bobby Brown, Mary J. Blige, Babyface, just to name a few. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's all good. We got all episodes to get to know this brother. Bob Robinson, everybody. How you doing, brother? What's up, sir? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good to be here. Good to be here, especially especially these days. Good to be here. <laughs> come on. Come on. You know, hey. it's an honor. How are you? How are you? I'm blessed. You know, everything is, is above water, and if it's not, I'm working, trying to build it back up, you know, and keep it a smile while I'm working. Hey, there it is. There it is. You know, I got to let you know, brother, time is the most finite thing we have on this earth. And, you know, I got to say, I appreciate your time from the beginning greatly for coming on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. Now, I got this quote. You know, let me know how it relates to you. Or if it doesn't, the idea is I want you to talk about it. All right, here we go. I would not lose. For even in defeat, there's a valuable lesson learned. So it's even up for me. Jay-Z. Oh, yeah, that, that totally resonates with me. Um, yeah, if, if you have the right mindset, you know, there's essentially no such thing as loss. Um, you know, you, you live and you learn. And, um, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. You know, there's always that opportunity to learn, and, but it's all... You know, it, it comes down to your mindset and um, and how you perceive things, um, which was important, you know, for me starting off in my career because um, you know it was a lot of a lot of tribulations to just to get to the front door, let alone walk in, you know. And so, um, but you know, looking back on it, you know, myself and um, my producing partner at the time, Tim Kelly, shout out to Tim. Uh, you know, we had the we had the same mindset, and we had we didn't even see it was like, yeah, we we were just gonna go ahead and you know, cause what what happened was um, we went to Atlanta, cause our dream was to meet Dallas Austin and and hopefully get on his production team. This is in 1993, so we went to Atlanta with no money, like no money at all. Like we had like a hundred a hundred dollars each, if that. And so, um, so we faced those kind of odds, like, and even to get to that point, it's a whole other story, but, you know, um, having the right mindset is, is critical. So yeah, that, that, that quote. Bob, I gotta ask you, cause you know, you're going right into my next leadway question. And, you know, I'm talking about the music the industry, the entertainment world, you know, did the game choose you or did you choose the game? <laughs> you know what? Um, well, starting off as young as I started off in the music period, you know, I started playing the organ for church when I was eight years old. So I guess I can say it's the game probably chose me. And so, um, yeah, it's, you know, it becomes a lifestyle is what it is. And um, it's something that you don't see as work. You just see it as a part of, of your life. And like it's interwoven into all the, the different things that go into life. And so even if even if I'm not working on music, you know, I, I know how to interpret so many things as music because what all music equates to is essentially is math. Um, it's just a bunch of equations. And so uh, so anyway, yeah, I would say the game chose me. Mm. Now, you said playing the organ piano in church. How long did it take you to learn that and master that? 
because you know one thing that I know for sure the drummer and the piano is don't get a break that's true it's funny because drums actually is my first instrument but it was one of those things man um you know I guess it my situation could be viewed as one of those things where you know you could call it a miracle quote unquote uh, I just see it as channeling the same information just at a, at a faster rate. But what I mean by that is, you know, one Sunday it was like all I wanted to do was play the drums. And then by the next Sunday I was playing the organ and people was like, wait a minute. And I was eight, I could barely get up on the organ. And so, but it all happened within a week's time. It was, it was pretty crazy. And, um, you know, I just, I received the information super quickly and absorbed it very quickly. That's the, in layman's terms, that's the best way I can put it. But, you know, so um, within a week, <laughs> I started playing for my church. The most amazing thing about that is being eight years old, going from drums to the piano within a week and having little hands at the time. <laughs> yeah. Really making it, you know, impress everybody. I guarantee you, everybody was blown away. And, you know, absolutely yeah. the game chose you and, you know, it's amazing that, or I shouldn't say it's amazing, it's just destiny that you chose it at the same time to keep on pursuing. Right, right, absolutely. And because um, I believe, you know, that's one thing I tell my kids all the time is, I believe everything is a choice. And so, uh, so yeah, it did get to a point where I started making conscious decisions and walking towards the direction um, of what I was trying to do with music and where I saw myself, you know, the possibilities and so, that at that point, it became a choice for me. And so, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm very, I feel very blessed and very grateful for um, the body of work that I've been a part of up until this very moment. And yeah, that's, I'm very grateful uh, for that. I gotta ask you, what was your first, like, you know, big opportunity or what you consider your, your first confirmation that, you know, music is what you're supposed to do? Because I'm guaranteed there was a point where you're like, oh, I can go do this and try and do this. But, you know, that moment of just, no, I have to continue. You made that choice to go to Atlanta with Tim. And, you know, what what was that, that, you know, the confirmation, would it be when you got to Atlanta or would it be something before then that was like, you know, that led to it? It was definitely before then. It was when I, because when I was 19, um, I moved to Detroit. I got a, a an amazing opportunity offered to me to play uh, the organ at Loretta Franklin's father's church. And Loretta Franklin's father at the time, he was like the mega church pastor of the 60s and 70s. And so, uh, yeah, C.O. Franklin. So I had the, the honor of playing at that church for three years. And so, but while I was playing there, that's when I realized, you know, um, producing is, is still what I had wanted to do. And um, so, yeah, I would say while I was living in Detroit, you know, at 19, between 19 and 22. And then uh, that's leading into when we went down to uh, Atlanta. So, yeah, I would say around that time. So I got to get into, you know, the highs and lows that you, of course, that you're willing to discuss. What would you consider some of the highs and lows during your journey so far to today? Um, well, as far as the highs, it's, it's like obviously hearing your material on the radio and seeing how it affects people. You know, if I walk into a restaurant, you know, and I see someone where there's a song that I did playing and I might see someone singing along to it and I, you know, I feel gratitude for that because I'll think back to that moment when we were working on that record or whatever, or what led to writing the concept of that, you know, and so, um, yeah, I would definitely say those those moments, you know, are priceless. And so as far as the lows, you know, it's because um, it's like any other business, you know, there, there's the business side and sometimes that can get in in, in the way of the creative. Um, there's, there, there's been times where we've dedicated ourselves to doing the entire project, the first single, shot the video, and then the label to drop them, you know. so um, So there's moments like that. You know, you have to think pretty much each, any record you hear on the radio, you know, generally a person will spend a day or two, sometimes more, including a mix, working on something that just goes by your radio for three minutes. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes 
you know, you there's been times, true story, like for instance, working a lot with Puffy or Diddy or whatever everyone refers to him as, you know, when we put 112 together, we had to work with Puff a lot. And so, but Puff was kind of person, this is how Puff is, and but he knows, he he just knows what he what he wants. You play a song, you play a song for Puffy, it'll be two seconds into the intro, go to the next one. He'll say, go to the next one. But you like, you like, but dog, you, I go to the next one. You go to the next joint, five seconds, go to the next one. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I like that joint right there. Yeah, I'm feeling that. And then he'll listen to that joint. Like, so there's moments like that where you're saying to yourself, wow, we just spent all that time working on that record, excited to show him. He didn't even listen past the first five seconds. But it, it's one of those things that comes with the territory. So, um, you know, moments like that, there's lows like that. I can't really say this business, I've seen lows. I've seen a lot of cause and effect, whereas you do something, there's a, there's a consequence to what you do but I wouldn't call that a low. I would call that that's the result of a decision that I made. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, I think it's just like anything else. It, it, you know, cause you definitely have people that say, man, this business is, you know, it's cutthroat business is rough. It's, this business is whatever you believe it is, period. Whether you believe it's a messed up business, there's a lot of fake people, guess what? You're right. If you believe, you know what, this is a prosperous business. I can, you know, I can make a living, I can support my family, support my lifestyle, you're also right. So it, it just depends, it, go, it goes back to the mindset. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would say to that. You know, for a lot of the artists that you discovered, you know, you brought up 112 right away, from Club 112 to a lot of the other journeys and, and you know, what is some of the it factors or signatures that you're, you're looking for so that you're like, nope, that, that's him, that, that's, that's her. That's going to make a difference. That's going to be timeless. You know what? It's just, it's one of those things you can't necessarily say it's a specific thing other than that person is special. Um, there's something very singular about that person that, that makes them a one of one. Um, other than that, you know, because there's people that can sing just as good as Beyonce. There's people that can dance just as good as Beyonce, but they're, they're not a Beyonce. And it's one of those things you actually can't teach. You have to, you can nurture it, but you can't necessarily teach it. You can facilitate it, but you can't necessarily teach that, that particular thing. Um, you can definitely, you know, bring people along the way and, and coach them to greatness because we all, need coaches, mentors, what, however you want to you know, classify it. So um, there's definitely endless possibilities for any artist out there if they're willing to put in the work and that they have that belief in themselves. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Everything else actually doesn't matter, period. <laughs> so that's really it. And that's just my belief, man. And so um, this is my, you know, this is how I see that. So, but I would say just, you know, um, you know, it's what L.A. Reid said to us years ago. He just said, man, I, I just I just want to work with stars. I just want to work with stars. And he would always say that to us because he was a, a big mentor for us early on. And that's one of the one things he would always say to us, just work with stars, just work with stars. And, and so, it's, and, I, and that's his way of saying what I was just saying. It's just, it's that one thing you, you almost can't really pointed out okay that's it right there it's just a thing you know but you know uh, there's something else that you know la reed said is so important that that person has to recognize they're a star that they're shining that bright you know it's so absolutely. important that you recognize your gift a lot of people get flustered in, in the foggy mirrors of what's real and what's what they're trying to come to and you know it's a blessing that there's people like you that come along the way and help guide them and you know their careers you know it's exponentially grow Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And the, the amazing thing is, is I'm still a student, you know, I'm still learning, you know, when I look to guys like, you know, Teddy Riley and, and Babyface and Jimmy Jam and those guys who are our friends of mine, but I still look to them like, wow, man, so how did you handle this and this and this and this and this? 
yeah, well, how I handled that was this and this. And so, you know, so I, I still have mentors to this day. I still have people that I seek for advice and insight on things. And, you know, and I'm coming on, you know, close to 30 years in the business. So, you know, it's, I think it's important to remain a student, you know, and um, to keep to keep going up, you know. So, yeah. You brought up such a important common denominator, being a student, no matter how, you know, accomplished you are, you have to remain humble and hungry so that you can continue to grow. Because if Absolutely. not, the feeling of complexity just hits you in the face. Absolutely, totally agree, totally agree. That's why, um, you know, I'm always, uh, I try to always just remain teachable even where I'm at in the game to just still remain teachable. Um, Cause I think that's where true growth really comes in is when you allow yourself to just simply be teachable. And I don't want to walk around thinking that I know everything or be that person. Like every time someone says something to me, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, I try to receive information and, you know, see how I can apply it and, yeah, and pass that, you know, on. Never block your blessing. You know, sometimes it's information being received that you may know, and then the stuff in between is like, oh, that makes sense of something else I was thinking about years ago, or last week, or last night, <laughs> or 10 minutes ago. All right, absolutely. And absolutely. You, you brought up some of the greats, Teddy Riley, uh, 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 Babyface, L.A. Reid, Terry uh, Lewis, Jimmy Jam. You know, what's one impression you can give from your mentors that you could leave with the viewers today that you know that they could take with them? I know you actually gave me one of L.A. Reid. Uh, can I get one more? You know, once something that, because uh, I remember one time uh, me and Tim were, uh, we were really frustrated about a deal we were doing at the time. And at that particular time, we happened to be working at the record plant and Jimmy Jam was working in the room next door to us. He was working with Janet. And so, uh, so we were asking, man, how, how did we handle this, man? You know, you know, we feel like we didn't earn, you know, the ability to have this deal set up like this, 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 this. And, and he just let us know, like, man, we still go through. The, and this is the guys that inspired, you know, t there wouldn't be a Tim and there wouldn't have been a Tim and Bob without a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We literally modeled ourselves ourselves after Jam and Lewis. And so for for Jam to be sitting there telling us, hey, man, we still go through the same thing. He said, but you know what? The whole the whole object is just get back up to the batting. Just get back up to the uh, the plate, the bat. He said, "You might hit a home run. You might you might hit a double. You might hit a triple, or you might strike out." He said, "But the key is to get back up there and bat again. Just just get back up." And you know, when he broke that down to us, man, I know for me that was life changing. I, I still take that conversation with me. I apply that to my life as opposed to just music. And so, uh, so that was some some wisdom from from jimmy jam yeah uh, that's that's resonates with me so much because you think about it at moments you could be in a home run derby and sometimes you got to wait nine other people to go up there before it's your shot again but because you have done so much your resume puts you back up there so that you get to still swing yeah sir yeah so shout out to jimmy jam and terry lewis all of those guys that you know inspired me and inspired you know, the Tim and Bob sound, um, you know, Teddy, Babyface, uh, uh, of course, um, guys like Devontae uh, from Jodis. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all these guys, you know, um, had a, a, a huge influence on us creatively. And, um, you know, Jay Dilla, of course. Um, and, you know, and the list, the list goes on and on, man. And so, um, but yes, very, very grateful for all those guys for paving the way and, you know, and, and keeping me inspired, you know, man. And, you know, I just try to, you know, I just try to hope I can do the same thing, pass that same energy, that same uh, information on to the, the next generation. And so, so yes, that's, that's how I try to, 
go forward and, and you know. So you brought up you brought up Devonte. I gotta ask, how close were you guys being a part of Swing Mob? Actually, we were we weren't involved with Swing Mob, but um, you know his music was such an influence on us. You would have thought we was in Swing Mob, <laughs> like Bobby V. Bobby V's first album, pretty much every ballad on that album that we did, because we did about six, five or six ballads on that album, you know, because we, we did pretty much the whole album except for one or two songs. But there's about five or six ballads. Pretty much every ballad, we thought of Devante like, how would Devante do this? You know, and so, um, yeah, shout out to Devante, man. Huge influence on our, um, on our records through the years, man. And, Yes, one of the greats, one of the goats for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. No, one of my mentors is someone that that works closely with him, Rome's Empire, and you know. So when that came up, I was like, oh, I, okay. I got to ask, you know. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. That's dope. dope. So, Bob, from the panels that you've spoken on, you know, I gotta ask, what is your goal when you approach it, and you know, what is the goal after you leave? from, you know, the speaking engagements? Well, um, I would say it, it's really to just inspire, man, and hopefully uh, shed light on some things that will help a producer or writer connect some dots. Um, you know, sometimes all it takes is just a little nudge from somebody, especially if it's someone that you have uh, respect and, and admiration for. Like I said, like, how guys like Teddy influenced our music, man, tremendously. Um, and I keep going back to Teddy because Teddy was like, to me, Teddy was like one of the first producers that made it cool to do slow records. Because mm -hmm. all Teddy's slow records would be knocking and they would be so dope, you would, they would feel like up-tempos. You know what I mean? So we always, just little, little things like that we always took with us. And so, um, so yes, I, I just hope that I can pass information on to someone coming up behind me and it's and it helps them the way conversations with Teddy, conversations with Babyface and those guys, how it helped us. And you know, you know, I, I could definitely speak for myself, you know, it just helped me tremendously. And so I feel so blessed to, to even be able to chop it up with those guys see them and be and become friends with these guys and continue to work with them um so yes it's been it's been wonderful and i i hope to pass that same energy along and i and i try to do that as well with the younger generation of producers and writers and stuff and so um with the you know different writers and producers that i mentor from la to atlanta to to the east coast and so i try to keep you know paying it forward so from, you know, being a, a you know, a OG from the game and giving influence to a lot of the youngsters, my question to you is, you know, are you trying to learn Fruity Loops and, you know, all these little shortcuts and, and uh, like voice box and arcade or, you know, what? You know yeah. what, what's some of your approach to what's going on today versus, you know, what, what, what the history and the quality of sound from then to now? Yeah, that's a good question because it's funny because, man, me and Tim, man, we and initially, like, when Pro Tools first came out, we were anti-Pro Tools because we was, we was all analog guys, man. Like, two-inch tape, that's, we didn't, it, it was, I think the only reason we started using Pro Tools because we got forced because it was, a pro, it was a project we were doing and that's all they were running in that studio was Pro Tools. So it was like, man. So anyway, but now, of course, you know, I love keeping up with all the technology and stuff. And now that's why you have people can put an album in their living room and it sounds like they did it at the Hit Factory, you know, because of technology. And it's interesting you mentioned Fruity Loops. Um, I had, I was in Atlanta visiting my son. This was around December. And I hit up Bobby V while I was there because I knew he was working on the record. So me and my son go over to Bobby V's crib and, um, and Bobby actually, and I used to use Fruity Lips back in the day, you know, a long time ago. I hadn't used it in over 10 years. But Bobby V was like, man, check out this track. And I'm like, man, who's producing these tracks? He's like, I am. 
like, really, like, so Bobby's really, he's really into producing his own records now, which I'm so proud of him for. And so, uh, but yeah, I was like, he played me some amazing stuff. And he was like, man, he said, cause you, and he's talking to me, he's like, man, I know you, you don't need this stuff, man. But for guys like me, man, this, it really helps us. And so I'm like, wow, that's, it, it opens up, you know, a whole realm of possibilities. So I think it's cool, man. And I think, um, it's one of the things that will, you know, continue to, to spark creativity with guys. And so I love actually checking out different sound packs. And, um, you know, I like, I like Fruity Loops, even though I don't necessarily use the sequencer out of there, I still use it out of like, you know, Ableton or Logic or the MPC. But I channel, now I channel a lot of my samples through Fruity Loops. And so uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. So, are you a fan so, of the arcade, or are you still into the classic? I gotta have you know a female or a male, you know, hit those voice notes for for certain you know chance for beats that's necessary. I'll be honest, that, that's something I haven't really gotten a whole lot into, but um, but I like it though, cause I'm man, I'm always getting some gear or like it's it's funny cause it's a bass that I'm thinking about picking up today. I was looking at it last night. And so I'm just, I had to sleep on it cause it's super expensive. I just gotta make sure I wanna make that commitment. But, so I'm always like getting gear, man. And so uh, I haven't really gotten into arcade, but I've, I've, <clears throat> I like some things that I have seen from it. Um, but I will definitely continue to check. And it's so much stuff that comes out, you know, like Native Instruments alone. They put out so much stuff, man. It's just, it's almost overwhelming. You know, the amount of, you know, software that they put out, it's incredible, man. So if a person isn't creative these days, they maybe it isn't meant for them to do music yeah. because there's essentially no use to not be able to find creativity in something, even in your own life, just your own daily experiences, you know, let alone all the sound that's available and samples and all that stuff. So. Yeah, man, all you gotta do is just tap in. You brought up an, a very important word, investment. And so my question to you, my brother, is who was the first person to invest into you? Was it your parents? Was it a brother to really help that, you know, initiate initial transformation from church to, you know, now you're doing your own production? Well, I have to say it was my mother and the thing that she did when I was a child. Um, very simple what she did she just turned on the radio and what I mean by that is because where we lived and where I grew up small town in the Midwest Peoria Illinois Peoria Illinois is a couple hours south of Chicago there's there was no R&B radio there there was only pop top 40 radio like Casey Kasem top 40 radio but the beautiful thing about that is I grew up listening to Beatles, you know, uh, the Carpenters, Chicago, Kenny Loggins, like all these pop, you know, rock rock bands from the 70s and all this, this wealth of, of music that still is some of the most popular music being played today on the radio still 30, 40 years later. So, um, so yeah, man, it, it's, it, that's, it started there with my mom when I probably was two or three years old. She just turned on the radio. You know, because in my house, my father is a minute, like to this day, my father's a pastor of a church. So we grew up in a house that there wasn't no secular music played in the, in the house. But when we, whenever I was with my mom, she always had the radio on. So I'm hearing all these timeless, iconic pop songs every day that still are some of my favorite songs to this day. And so from Carol King and, you know, uh, man, I can, I can go on and on, man, on that, on that alone. Uh, Joni Mitchell, you know, so all this amazing music that I grew up on. And it's, it's interesting because having a talk with Jimmy Jam about this, it's the same music that Jam grew up on. And so, you know, he's a, he was in the Midwest too, but he was in the Northern part of the Midwest, Minnesota. And so um, that's why I think a lot of pretty much all their music resonates with me so much because we, we come from the same place, essentially.
So yes, that, that simple thing my mom did, that was all the investments she needed to make. <laughs> no, that's yeah. amazing. And yeah, because I, cause you have the thing, I downloaded all this information I'm downloading. You're just downloading the information. So now if I'm sitting down working with, you know, a pop group or a pop artist, I can just, you know, get inspiration from those songs 30 years ago that are still on the radio, 40 years ago, songs that are still on the radio to this day. It comes back from that era. No, so, see, yeah. What you had, brother, you had YouTube in your mind before YouTube was created for the world. You was able to take something, use your ability to understand and fast track your way to, to okay, I know that this sound, the synth was in here. They were playing the drums like this. They were really riding this hi-hat. You know, you were really yeah. dissecting it back then versus yeah, the, yeah. the types of melodies and the types of cadences in their voices. You know, um, those, you know, man, I could go on, like I said, I can go on and on about that. So that was all the, the, the investment I needed from, from them. And, you know, I took it from there. Now, you know, my brother, you're legendary without me having to say it over and over again. But, you know, making some of the biggest hits and acclimating over 300 million records sold, you know, you inspire me to be great. You inspire everyone to be great. And so my question is, is how much of your job is preparation and rehearsing for the work you have to put in during your career? Yeah, I think that's where all the work is. It's like the downtime, so to speak. Cause that's where you, that's where the homework is done. Um, you know, I listen to music. You know, I won't, I won't say that I listen to music all day, but you know, pretty much I listen to music very frequently throughout the day. But I'm listening to different eras. I'm listening to different genres. You know, I might be listening to Count Basie for two or three days straight. And then from there, I'll be listening to Led Zeppelin for a week. And then from there, I'll be listening to Slum Village mm. and Five. You see, so because it's all information that I'm taking in that I may need to access later. But mm. it's, it's different vibes that I'm taking in, like on a subconscious level. And so, uh, and I'm, 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 I just love exploring music that especially that I'm not familiar with. So, um, so yes, you know, it's just, so right now, obviously everyone's had a lot more downtime than they usually have. And so I've been using this time to do a lot of listening, just studying. I haven't actually been doing much music over the past couple months because I've been listening, you know, um, studying, being a student, continuing to be a student. And so, so yeah, that's important, very important. You know, as an A&R myself, a lot of my job is having the right timing and right vibes so that when I, you know, something gets submitted and everything works itself out, you know, the, the biggest elements are the timing and the vibe. And, you know, what's amazing that you're a student of the vibe so that you're ready for the timing, the preparation, the rehearsal. Mm. Yes, sir. Like my father always tells me, um, perfect practice makes perfect. Not practice make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> so, you know, prepare to be prepared. You know what I mean? So See, I say something else like that. And, you know, honestly, I don't know where I got it from. But, you know, we can't be perfect people, but we can have perfect actions. And you Ooh, know, we got to keep on striving for the perfect action. That's how you be great. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. You bringing greatness okay. out of me, and you know I'm striving to continue to take the greatness out of you. You know I am gonna let you know about the show. You know the show, the common denominator of my show is success. You know there are a lot of people from poverty-stricken neighborhoods with limited resources, and you know the opportunity to make their passion, gift, and dreams come true are limited. And so for some people they make it right away. Other people work it until it happens. And then you have a lot of people who are just afraid of success because. You know, they don't know taking a leap of faith and going to somewhere to do it will, you know, make a bridge to their to their capability. And so, you know, I just wanted to let you know that you hit every box when it comes to this. And I, you know, just definitely wanted to to share the the common denominator of this show and, you know, why I'm greatly rewarded to have you on here. Mm, wow, that's wonderful, man. And congratulations to you and, and uh, what you're doing with your platform. That's wonderful. You're moving, you know, um, music culture forward, using using your platform to to move uh, humanity forward, you know, 
and um, I think that's wonderful, man. And I think um, I think the universe smiles on things like that. <clears throat> and so, um, so you know, props to you for doing that, man. And, and best wishes to you on all your endeavors and what you and your your partners are doing. It's dope stuff, man. Now, Bob, we're not done yet. You know, I'm just putting a pause on the music. You know, and I got to make sure I give you your flowers for being a dedicated father and, you know, working in the industry. That is definitely a challenge. And I definitely just got to give you some roses and some admiration because as a father myself, you know, it's a challenge. And, you know, the one thing that kids need to know is, and they, or parents, I should say, because kids know it, they don't spell love M-O-N-E-Y. They spell it T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so true. And yes, my, uh, my daughter, I have a son, my son Dylan is 21 and my daughter Trinity is 19. My daughter Trinity is about to switch schools. She's about to go to college in uh, North Carolina. So um, she's gonna be moving in a few weeks. I'm gonna, you know, be moving there to North Carolina, whatever. And so um, so this is a, a, a new chapter in her life. And it's a new chapter in my life as well too. Because um, as a parent, you know, um, you have this thing where you always you feel the need to protect, and sometimes within that, with protecting is you feel the need to try to control things. But so now, you know, I'm at that point where I have to let go, mm-hmm. and just trust that what I've done and what her mother has done up to this point will. Uh, continue to stay with her and she will continue to make informed decisions about life, about her daily walk, about how she, you know, uh, presents herself and, um, you know, how she represents herself. And uh, I have the ultimate confidence in her and in my son as well. So I'm super proud of both of them. So, uh, yes, you know, I appreciate you mentioning the parenting thing because that's, that's huge, man. And it's huge to me. And I have admiration for for men who are uh, present in their kids' lives, and um, you know, and and not just uh, on the surface or you know when it looks cool in pictures in Instagram, but you're actually present and involved in your children's life. And so, um, and even though my my kids are essentially both grown now, you know, I think now is the most critical time for me to be available for them and to be there for them. And so, um, so yes, it's, it, it'll definitely will continue to be challenges as a father and I'm still learning so much that I have to learn as a father, but, um, you know, I'm very proud of them and I'm very honored to, to be their father. So yes, I, and I appreciate you mentioning that too as well. Uh, thank you for the testimony. My son is five and my daughter is three. And you gave me a ton of insight to the future because, you know, I'm going to be in that same boat here in the future because my kids are two years apart as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, wonderful, wonderful. Congratulations to you as well, uh, fellow father. Uh, Dedicated dad. Yes, and by that, by default, I have admiration for you, man, and I appreciate you doing as you should be doing, man. That's, that's one, because too often, you know, we see, and I think that's, a lot of what's going on in this world, especially in this country these days, you know, like for instance, you know, I was reading this morning how 15 people in Chicago get shot at a funeral, like (laughs) unbelievable. And so, um, but I think things like that, it all goes back to the home, how a, a father, a lot of times a father not being present in the home leads to a lot of behavior that ends up and culminates to that right there. And so. uh, No, uh, I've been a victim of the streets. I lost my father at four. And you know, mm -hmm. something I can attest to is that choices are everything. And you you can definitely, I made the mistake of trying to live a double life in high school, trying to be active in the streets and straight A's in high school. And you Mm -hmm. know, it ended up getting me where I, I failed, I ended up getting arrested right before I went to college. And you know, that perception always outweighs on what you're doing and the influence. And it's like, I, you know, I pride myself. I made it past my kid's fourth birthday. You know, like when my daughter turns four, I'm gonna feel good again because that's longer than my father was in my life. And I know I get to have a better 
you know, lead way. I get to say there's a, a, a pothole right there that will slow you down. All you got to do is steer to the right. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know what, I think that's one of the keys in life, man, is um, especially, you know, uh, in the context of raising your kids. And so, um, like my son, uh, him and his girlfriend, you know, they have, and they have such a, you know, a great relationship. They've been together two years and so, but they're starting to experience things that, you know, couples will experience. And that's jealousy from, you know, people that you thought were friends or, you know, someone to be disrespectful to, you know, his girlfriend behind his back and vice versa, that kind of thing. And so I try to continuously uh, give both of them in, in insight on how to handle those things and uh, how to deal with those things. And um, yes, and I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm super proud of them and, you know, um, and it's, it's so much harder, I think, for this generation in so many ways, man, because there's so many distractions. Yes. Um, you know, so many distractions. So, but, so I, I um, like I said, I'm proud of them and I think they're gonna, think they're gonna go on to set a wonderful example for people in relationships. And so, yes, yeah, very proud. I'm, I'm actually learning from them, so. Yes, I definitely try to, like what you were just saying about, you know, um, experiencing some things and then letting them know, okay, hey, I experienced that same thing uh, and this is how I handled that. And so, um, so yes, wonderful. Now, you know, we already going towards it. I'm going into my awareness segment and, you know, my awareness segment is about police interaction. And I asked every guest of mine, when was the last time they were pulled over? And what's some advice they can give during the situation of getting pulled over and interacting with the police? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My so much noise in the background with the gardeners across the street. Can you repeat that again, please? Yeah, no problem. Uh, this is my awareness segment. And I ask every guest of mine, you know, we talk about police interaction and I ask every guest when was the last time they were pulled over and what's some advice they can give during the situation of getting pulled over and, uh, you know, interacting with the police. Mm. Last time I was pulled over is probably a few years ago. I was on my motorcycle and I was on, uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Los Angeles, but there's a highway that goes along the, uh, I'm sorry? I'm from LA. <laughs> oh, my fault. I didn't even know. I didn't even oh, know. Good, brother. Uh, yeah, on PCH, I was on PCH and uh, I got pulled over. And they pulled me over because the, the way my motorcycle is made, uh, my license plate was essentially hidden from the rear view. You couldn't really see my license plate the way the guy that built my motorcycle built it. And so, but the cop pulled me over and uh, and I've learned through the years how to deal with cops when they pull you over. And that's just, just be compliant, you know? I don't, if they pull me over, I don't go into, man, why you pulled me over, man? You pulled me over because I'm black and all that stuff. I don't even, go into that i just i'm just complying with what they asked me do you know why i pulled you over no i don't know why where are you coming from um i'm just minding my own business just driving minding my own business oh yeah i pulled you over because of your um you know your your light isn't your your uh, license plate isn't visible oh oh and he was actually right like i actually had it modified on my bike because he actually brought up a, a great point and so um so yeah, like I actually, I actually get into a dialogue with cops when they pull me over, and uh, most of the time it's it ends up not being a bad experience. And you know, my ex-wife was Italian, and um, so I got pulled over all the time. You know, <laughs> you know, a black guy and a white and a white female. So sad to say, but hey, I was so I'm I'm used to dealing with that. So, um, and I have these conversations with my son all the time. Dylan, if you get pulled over, you actually don't even have to say a thing. If you're uncomfortable, if you feel it unfairly, it can get dealt with later. Just don't even say a word. Let them arrest you, whatever. It'll get dealt with later. You know, you don't have to escalate the situation, especially in these days and times. So um, just teaching him to be, trying to teach him to be calm and to keep his composure, even if he knows without a shadow of a doubt that he's absolutely right to just still keep your composure and be calm and we'll deal with it later. 
And so, uh, so that's what I would say to anyone experiencing that is just, you know, just keep your composure and know that you'll have a chance to tell your side of the story later. Thank you, brother, for your testimony and also the guidance in that situation. Because that's, you know, that's the most vital thing is keeping your composure. Everyone gets the whole pride thing thrown in the air. And then everyone has to have a resilient answer. And the reality is you just got to get through the process as, as smoothly as you can. Check A, yeah. check B, let me go on check C. Yes, that's it. All right. Yes. My, my next segment is a thing called Trading Places. You know, we went a little deep the last two times. Now I'm going to have a little fun. And if you know the movie Trading Places, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, you know, they wake up and Mortimer's changed his life and they switched to other, and you know, life has changed. One of my favorite movies. Yes. <laughs> so I take that concept and, you know, I turned it into a segment and I take two iconic people and we swap it and we talk about it. And, you know, two people I have for you today is, you know, the brother Teddy Riley is going to trade places with Paul McCartney. Question number one is, will it work? I mean, it depends, like, in what context do you mean they're going to trade places? Oh, uh, they're going to wake up and, you know, their lives have changed. I mean, they're, they're now living that person's life. And, you know, do you think that would work? Can you see, you know, Teddy Riley a part of the Beatles? I mean... <laughs> Wow, I don't even know how to answer that one, but um, I don't know. I guess I'm sure they they both are creative enough to make it work. So yeah, Teddy would know how to adjust to that. So I would say yeah, it will work. Teddy's a very talented individual. He would have the the ability to adjust to that creatively, and I think so would Paul McCartney be able to. And you think Paul McCartney could have the same type of love and classic joints that you know on that same standard and level? Yeah, because it all comes down to songwriting. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I think that he would adjust too, as well. Give me one thing differently if they traded places. I'm sorry? Can you give me one thing that would be different if they traded places? One thing that would be different if Teddy and... Paul McCartney traded places. <laughs> I mean, obviously everything would be different. <laughs> The beats would be different, the melodies would be different, but hey, they traded places, so it would be expected. Yeah, of course everything would be different. They come from they, they essentially come from two different worlds. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh moving along to my next segment, I got impulse Q and A. And these are questions that are like from a fan perspective. And you know, the whole idea is to answer with your impulse. And if you don't like the question, it's all good. Just say pass. The idea is you got to answer three questions, and here we go. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Question number one. If you were trapped in the woods for a day with a CD player, what album would you have playing to get you through? Um, the Eagles' greatest hits. Mm. Okay. Would you have mm. the whole CD, the whole album on repeat? Or would you have a certain couple of songs that you would loop back and forth? The whole album on repeat. Fair enough, fair enough. It's the greatest hits, duh. Yeah, absolutely. What is one place that you recommend everyone tries to travel at least once? Paris. Mm. What's your favorite part about Paris? Is it the water or the Eiffel Tower or the bread? The food. <laughs> Yeah, the food was absolutely amazing. Um, and it's and it's and I would say uh, if you especially if you're from the states, it's interesting to travel there to see how people there don't really care about people from the states. <laughs> so to make that adjustment is it was uh, culturally it was a uh, it was interesting, but I enjoyed it very much. For example, you know I didn't know that there in Paris they looked they frown upon being tipped. So like I tipped the, the cab driver, you know, after I left the airport, got to my hotel, he looked at what I gave him, <clears throat> pulled off. I'm like, man, I I gave him a 20% tip. Maybe I didn't tip him enough. So I got to the concierge of my hotel. They was like, oh no, you don't need to tip here. They, it's, it's kind of an insult to people sometimes when you tip them. I was like, oh, okay. 
okay, no problem with that. So like, yeah, when you go to restaurants and stuff, they, they prefer you not tip them. And actually get upset when you do. I, it was the weirdest thing and I was, I experienced that, but that was my experience when I first went there. So. <laughs> no, that, that blew my mind. Like, wow. I, someone's upset that I'm giving them more money for doing something that they didn't, like, you know, they took it above and beyond. <laughs> they look at it like you're pitying them. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Question number three. Give me the wildest song title you can think of and try and pitch it. Uh, I don't know. You could pass. I'll pass on that one. Question number three. If you were a ghost, name two people you would haunt daily. Uh, pass on that one too. What's your favorite food? Mm. Salmon. Mm. Blackened or grilled? Both. He's <laughs> <You smell> like <laughs> it always. Both, yeah. Wow. My brother, you have survived my awareness segment. You have survived my trading places segment, as well as my impulse Q&A. You know, as a reward, let's promote. Let's talk about what you're excited on. You know, what's something that you want people to check out? You know, let the viewers know. Um, I mean, honestly, um, there's a couple, there's a couple projects that I'm working on but a lot of it was was put on hold because of the pandemic going on and everything and so uh but there's a couple cool projects that are, that are in the works like um ron isley from isley brothers that's one because he's he has a final album that he's doing and so um i'm honored that he asked me to be a part of that and uh and there's a couple other things like Iron Linux. That's a project that I was about to start right before the pandemic started. And, you know, I was just waiting for her to return from Europe, you know. And so, uh, but it was literally right when the pandemic started. So that kind of got put on hold. Same thing with Tony Braxton. That's another artist that I want to work with, that I haven't worked with. And so, um, but other than that, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be sending out information like as certain projects come more into fruition and you know of course always um looking for something inspiring like whether it's an artist whether it's a producer um that i want to try to help get more um you know notoriety whatever so it just depends it just depends so but you know i always keep my hands in a bunch of different things inside the, the business, outside of the business. And so um, I just I just try to keep myself creative and keep myself busy. Yes, sir. So one more question before I close out. What's the goal long-term before you know you retire? Hmm, great question. Um, you know what? I don't, I guess the only goal for me is to just, continue to be authentic and to, to continue to inspire my kids and, and to be a person that my kids can be proud of. And, and I know that, you know, I've done my part and that they can get through life with the tools that I've helped them get the tools that will assist them through life. Um, if I will say I have a goal, that's what I would, it would have to it would involve my my children. It wouldn't be a, a goal in music. Um, that's what I would say. It would be to ins mm. continue to inspire my kids. Well, I'm a, I'm gonna put this on you, anyways. I, I really pray that you and Tim get a Hollywood star, and you guys get inducted to the, <laughs> you know, the Hall of Fame. Just you know, we gonna call a spade a spade. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And, and thank you for the support, man. And again, thank you for having me on here, man. I appreciate it. And I, I wish you the best in your all of your endeavors and everything. And um, yes, man. And be safe, man. And continue to be uh, safe and healthy. Absolutely.
Now you notice that the show is different, it's unique. You know, I have to do segments because they say I have to. And, you know, I gotta, you know, close out with, with something that's of that same energy. And so my viewers knows it's coming. I'm about to hit you with it. You have any questions for me? Um, let's see here. How long have you had your platform that you have now? Uh, I literally started this December 2019. I started doing hey. radio in college, like 2005, okay. but uh, officially taking off and being, you know, getting somewhere. It's been since December 19, 2019. Okay. Wonderful. That's cool, man. So it's kind of a new um, business endeavor for you. Yeah, you know, right. like right. wonderful. Like, you know, in the music industry, you try to find a way to either be a part of the tree, the branch, the roots, some type of way to, you know, help the grass grow and help the world and everything go. The oxygen is needed. And so, you know, if, if the voice isn't there, you can't be doing this, you know, you got to find another way. And, you know, I managed my brother for a long time and I had all these relationships and then I tried to get into radio and they told me no. Try to join a podcast, they told me no. And, you know, the blessing in disguise, I started my own and some people got hey. behind me. And here we are. Hey, here we are. Congratulations to you, brother. That's cool, Thank you. man. Thank That's you. That's cool, man. Absolutely. Uh, I will bless you to you, man. Thank you uh, for having me. I'm just going to close out, brother, just, you know, and because I got to close out, say a little stuff, and then uh, ask you to do a drop. And then uh, that is it for your time. I, man, I'm so humbled and honored to, to just be able to speak to you and go into so many different wide fun things. <laughs> uh, man, it's my pleasure, man. I had, a, I had a great time. Thank you. Man, it's Contrast Uncut. It's season three, episode 45. Big shout outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. You know, I wouldn't be able to do incredibly dope stuff like interview Bobby Robinson and talk about some of the greatest elements of timeless music. You know, that, that's, that's an incredible honor just to be here cut because you already said your part boom uh the last thing is just a just a drop if you could just say your name introduce yourself and say you're tuned in to contrast uncut and if you want to give love to snoop or bobby d bobby d's his agent uh now is the time what crash let me make sure i pronounce it right crash oh contrast contrast uncut yes sir and and Bobby D is his name? Yes, sir. D as in dog. Okay. Yo, what's up? It's your boy, record producer Bob Robinson. And you're <laughs> wait a minute, what is it? You said uh give me the game. You tuned in to Contrast Uncut. Contrast Uncut. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Robert. <laughs> hey, here we go one more time. Yo, what's up? It's your boy, record producer Bob Robinson, and you're tuned in to Comcast. Man, stupid gardener in the back here, man. I almost need to write this down. Con Contrast uncut. Yeah, you know, uh, my sister, she pretty much raised me, and she's uh, half black, half Mexican, and, you know, I was cultured. So, you know, uh, I know I'm white, but I grew up in the culture, so that's the contrast. Uh, oh, okay. Contrast. Okay, here we go. What's up? It's your boy, producer Bob Robinson. You're tuned in to Contrast and Cut. Shout out to Snoop and Bobby D. Yo. It is a wrap. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't say that enough, man. Uh, one thing you did say in there, I represent uh, my, my friend. He's a producer. He had that song Sleepwalking that was in the movie Black Panther at the end of the movie. Oh, nice. Uh, his name is J.P. Bangs. He, uh, that was a Mozzie record. And we're working. I don't know if you, you know, if you do beat collabs or if you listen to stuff and, and add to it or whatever. But, you know, when you said that, I felt like you was talking to me, not knowing you was talking to me. <laughs> I'm down to check it out. <laughs> You yes, check it out. Sure. Okay, man. You know, close my Yeah, you can just send me whatever you want to. You, you want me to check out? Okay. Th thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Boom. No problem. <laughs>
my brother blessings. I gave you my cell too while we're at it. If you want to take my cell down. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, wait a minute. You just well, no, called myself. Right? Call me. Oh, I called you. I called you, right? Okay, cool. Sure. Yeah, so that's my cell. All right, cool. Yeah, so just yeah, you can just send it to me. Okay, I'll email some melodies to you and stuff, and you know, we'll go from there. If you like anything, or if you don't, you know, I definitely don't want to waste any time of yours. So, it's all good. You. All right, brother. Have a blessed rest of your week, man. Yes, sir. You do as well. All right, sir.